This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. As we kick off hour two of the program, Grant Hardy's with me today. He's at the home studio in Vancouver. Kelly McDonald here at the home studio in London, Ontario, wherever you are checking the program out. Glad to have you on board with us as we work our way through the Monday edition. A reminder that we are not here next week. Uh, we will return in the new year, but we have a Christmas show to get to on Friday. We have a primetime special you can check out over between Christmas and New Year's on AMI-tv and AMI-audio on the 29th. But please, be with us this Friday as we do our little Christmas extravaganza, uh, the first time we're doing it on television. And we hope that you'll join us. This is something that we've traditionally done as a kitchen Christmas party um, or holiday party, whatever you're most comfortable to call it. We've always enjoyed it as our contributors and People who contribute to the show in any way, including the staff, uh, have fun bringing you a bit of feel for the holiday season. So join us on Friday when we get into a little bit of that as our Christmas special. As mentioned, I'm here, Kelly McDonald with Grant Hardy. And we have a wonderful conversation coming up now on the program. Not that we haven't had a few today. It's been really wonderful. Rebecca Rosenberg is CEO of Revoca, an assistive technology startup that designs solutions for the low vision community. Rebecca joins us to chat about her work and her advocacy. Rebecca, thank you for being with us here on Kelly and Ramya. How are you today? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Love the energy. We're doing wonderful, especially kicking a Monday off this way. So I'm going to jump right in and ask you a little bit about Yourself and your vision loss journey, if you don't mind us getting a little personal right away. Absolutely. Let's just jump right into it. Yeah, my name is Rebecca Rosenberg, and um, I really got started in the low vision world um, because I was born with albinism, um, which is a rare genetic condition that affects the body's ability to produce melanin or pigment. Um, and to to way oversimplify things, you need a certain amount of melanin in order to develop and maintain proper vision. And so I actually didn't lose my vision um, like many people do. I have actually, I was born with a vision impairment. And as a matter of fact, it has actually gotten the tiniest bit better um, as I've gotten older, just because as you age, your eyes change shape a little bit. And in my case, that change of shape actually made things just, just the tiniest bit better um, for me. But um yeah, I've, I've kind of lived with this my entire life, uh, which was an incredibly interesting experience uh, growing up as, as a student and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, coming to terms with mm. a vision impairment that nobody around me understood um, for the yes. very longest time. I was the only person I knew with a vision impairment. So maybe we could touch a little bit because I believe that what sort of got you into developing assistive technology was just your experience with AT for people with vision loss and some of those gaps that you maybe found. Is that correct? And can you can you tell us a little bit about yeah, your experience with assistive technology? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're exactly right. Um, as a student, you know, I... I have a lot of good usable vision, despite the fact that the vision impairment that I have is not correctable by any means currently available to us as humans. Um, And so what I found growing up was that all of the assistive technology had been designed to totally replace vision with um, either audio or, or tactile. And 
I, I was a visual learner and I really wanted to make use of all of the good functional vision that I did have. And I was really frustrated for most of my life that there was nothing available to really help enhance the existing vision that I had instead of just kind of defaulting away from it. And so that was really the the inspiration um, behind starting Roboka to, to develop this technology that helps enhance your vision um, instead of totally overpowering it. And so... Yeah. That kind of led us to this tool that lets you augment the way the world looks uh, to your specific needs in any situation. Wow. It's interesting you say it this way because it's so true. I remember when I was told as a kid, my parents were told, hey, his reading's going to be so slow. This will hold him back. Let's take him away from that. Let's teach him Braille, which, of course, as years go by, you realize, yeah, but but wherever I work, they're not going to know Braille and and unless it's for an organization that handles low vision or blind community. And for me, that that was an option. But in other people, no, why would you take me away from that? I, I need some supports. And I think we do find, yeah, let's let's move away. So really appreciate you bringing it to the forefront that way and saying it that way because it's so so vital to think about that way. And we learn in different ways. So uh, some people are fine listening. Some people Absolutely. are fine reading it. Some people need to see it. Tell us a little bit more about the company, first of all, before we get into the tool. Yeah. So um, I started Roboka when I was 21 out of my dorm room. Uh, I was studying biomedical engineering and had really been, I mean, at that point, probably sitting with this problem of there not being appropriate technology for like a decade at that point. Wow. And wow. Um, really had had an opportunity to to do something about it. I had gotten a grant from my undergrad university to spend a summer sort of doing an entrepreneurial project. Um, and so decided to kind of jump in and explore um, in more detail and, and in more depth, the assistive technology landscape and discovered that even as I was 21, nothing had really changed. Everything was still really, um, really focused on, on defaulting away from vision. And so I had the opportunity to spend that summer um, with a little bit of grant money, a very, very little bit of grant money uh, to, to explore <laughs> what that looked like, what it meant for people, and um, how we might be able to move towards solving it. And as the story goes, you know, by the end of the summer, I had like literally less than a back of the napkin idea of like what I wanted this to be. And my school was was excited about the work that I had been doing. And they were like, we're going to um, send you to to do a couple of uh, radio and TV interviews. And so I did one nice. radio and one TV interview, like hyper local in um, in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, like middle of nowhere. And um, even still, people reach out to me. They were like, when is this going to be available? Where is this going to be available? How can I get it? How can I help you? And I think it was at that point that I kind of realized, oh, um, this really means something to more people than just me. Like, I, I, I'm really on to something here. Um, I should probably keep doing this. And so um, all through the rest of my, my senior year at that point of college, and then all through, um, I got my master's degree also in biomedical engineering from Johns Hopkins, and all through that time kind of continued to work on the company on the side all the way up until about June of 2022, so about a year and a half ago when I was lucky enough to be able to actually start doing this full time, which has been, I mean, incredible. And we've just been able to make so much more progress um, with my ability to dedicate full time to this. Nice. No, I think you're, you're absolutely right that 
anything like this really means something to the community, especially in a way that that's uh, less antagonistic than most of the like, like, don't use your vision. You have to do things this way. Like, no, you should use whatever tools work the best for you to your to your capacity. So along those lines, maybe if you could tell us about the successful app. I know you, you touched on it earlier, but tell us a little more about it, how it works and how it's uh, benefited the accessibility community. Absolutely. Um, so the Roboka app um, was initially developed in early 2021. Um, and it was kind of like the first version, basic version. I think we saw a video uh, just a couple minutes ago of it actually working. And basically what it does is it uses a live camera feed from your device um, and lets you add uh, specific uh, video filters on top of that live camera feed so that you can personalize the way the world looks to you in any situation. So for example, some of those video filters are increasing contrast, increasing how bright something is, um, adding different color filters over top of things. I know when I was a student, sometimes I was given these like plastic transparencies that were just different colors and uh, they wanted me to like lay them down on um, something I was trying to read. And it would just help kind of minimize glare, minimize visual strain. And so we basically recreated that digitally. Um, also, there's the ability to use different types of inversion filters. Um, so, you know, some people like to read white text on a black background. And so even if you're given a piece of paper that is white with black text, you can use those inversion filters to make that adjustment and, and flip those colors, um, as well as we've built in kind of additional color combinations that we know people with vision impairments uh, like. And um, it's really been... Um, and, you know, I've just been blown away by the support that we've received for the technology. It's currently in use in about, I think, last time I checked, 105 countries across the world. Wow. Um, wow. I have received feedback um, from from people in, in Japan, in, in Canada, in the UK, in um, Vietnam, like just an incredible number of, um, of, of users all over the world. And... Um, the, the vast majority of feedback we receive is just how big of a difference this has made in their lives because it is affordable, um, it is discreet, it's portable, and it's making use of this like really fantastic camera system that everybody is already carrying around with them in their normal everyday life. Um, and, you know, it's really, we've seen it make an incredible difference for people and we're, we're so proud of that. We're so thankful that that's something we've been able to do for the community on a whole. Um, and we're excited to be kind of continuing to, to build new things based off of some of the feedback we've received. I think it's amazing when you talk about not knowing everyone's so individual, everyone's needs are so different, so varied, but yet some yet the same and being able to continually work on this, improve and just put things in and still find that feedback from someone who says, wow, this works for me in this application. You, you got to be able to sit back and say, oh my gosh, we got it there. And that's so many of that, but just kind of, if you excuse the term, blindly going through with some concepts of what would help people and hoping it does. Can we, before we run out of time, talk a little bit quickly about your other advocacy out there in the community? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, one of the biggest things to your point uh, that we did was actually beta test the Roboka app for about a year with individuals with vision impairments, with teachers of the visually impaired, with optometrists, with ophthalmologists, just because we really wanted to know 
in those early days, are we building something that's actually valuable? And I think that that lends itself to the idea um, that I really have, have tried to be an advocate of, of building with people with disabilities, not just for them. Um, and so, you know, I could come in and say, I have a disability myself, you know, I know what this community needs, I, I know how to do it. And, you know, it, it was helpful that from the very earliest, very deepest stages, that's what I was doing. Um, but I recognized very quickly that I needed more than that, that we needed other people to be involved um, as well. And so that was something that we've continued to dedicate ourselves to is making sure that there's a very open line of communication between our team and our user base and, and making sure people feel empowered to reach out to us, um, that we respond um, and that we really are taking these suggestions um, and things into consideration and, and fixing bugs. And I think that's been, you know, one of the main platforms that I have stood for as an entrepreneur and as, as an advocate is really making sure as you're building for the disability community, you're talking to people with the disability you're trying mm -hmm. to serve. Um, and I think, you know, beyond that, also really taking that as an opportunity to deeply understand their experience. You know, one of the things that I have seen so much of um, throughout my time is just the misunderstanding between low vision and blindness and the lack of the lack of yeah public awareness of the difference that having some good residual vision and wanting to be able to use that um what that means and how that lends itself to an entirely different lived experience than somebody who is um blind or, or very near blind or how, who has significantly less vision and how those populations are both important but will oftentimes require different accommodations Exactly, exactly. Um, it's really tremendous. It really is. Rebecca, thank you so much for visiting with us on the program today and being so straightforward with us. Good luck with everything and the best of the season. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. That was assistive technology entrepreneur Rebecca Rosenberg talking to us about her mobile app that benefits the low vision community. Up next, folks, how can you make the holidays more accessible? Well, Leanne Barda, she'll stop by and give us some tips in a moment. Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Shaun of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.